0: Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm speaking with Stephen Weir, who is the founder and director of Weir Consulting. And Weir Consulting provides fractional CFO services. And Stephen has uh, just a lot of experience running finances and, and just running successful companies. He has he uh, worked formerly as an analyst at Capital One, and then was the executive director of Churchill Activities and Tutoring and uh, currently is uh, about to receive his MBA from the Darden School of Business at my alma mater, the University of Virginia. Welcome to the family. Wahoo wah. um, today we Today, we're talking about um, how businesses uh, are responding to the coronavirus crisis, the COVID-19 um, pandemic, and this is a crazy time, and so I wanted to take a few minutes to talk to someone who has been both advising businesses on their finances for some time, but also helping businesses navigate this just incredibly difficult season, um, and helping them find a little bit of uh, of help and relief. And so, Stephen, thanks so much for for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. I'm obviously excited to to be on and talking about this stuff. I wish I was a little bit better circumstances, but I'm excited to share what I've learned and what I think uh, small businesses can do to make it through this and even grow during this.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit later about the paycheck protection program that um, really there are probably more questions than answers at this point, but it's something that a lot of people are trying to understand, trying to apply for. And I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about that cause I know that you've looked into that, but out of the gate, I just wanted to talk about what in your mind should businesses be doing? doing right now? Um, because this is a not a, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe what we're going through as a country and as an economy. And, you know, folks who run small businesses, uh, service-based businesses or otherwise are in a position that they probably never thought that they would find themselves in. So what advice have you been giving your clients and what advice would you give to folks out there in terms of just in general, how to handle this crisis coming, um, you know, kind of coming out of the gate?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. You're right. We're in unprecedented territory. Um, I think a lot of us remember um, the 2009 financial crisis, and a lot of us remember um, 9/11. And at least for me, those are the two kind of uh, economic shocks that I remember. Um, but 9/11 isn't even a really fair comparison because the um, tech bubble had burst before then. Um, But th- nothing has ever happened like this. Um, and so it's really difficult to know what the future is. And everything just feels really, really uncertain. Um, so what I've been advising businesses is, is first thing, like actually forget about the money and just manage the shock. Um, you can almost equivocate this to a, um, a a bodily injury or something, right? Like you, you wouldn't just keep going, right? You, you You need to take a look. You need to slow down. You need to make sure you are not... Um, sick, right? So that's the first thing. Um, but also make sure that your business um, is, is, has changed and figure out what it even can do in the new world. Some businesses um, already had work from infrastructure and mostly worked with clients that were off site. And so they actually are able to continue functioning. But you know, spouses are at home and kids are at home and, and maybe they couldn't work at home as efficiently as they could otherwise. Um, other businesses, like a, a restaurant, you know, has to go into a brand new way of operating, maybe just take out meals, maybe change the way they do hygiene. Um, so there's just a lot of almost health and, and um, um, habit things that need to be engaged and and figured out anew, right? We didn't know how to work from home while my whole family is also at home. Um, while we can't actually go anywhere in the evening, right? So, so really figuring out the shock is the most important thing. Um, and that's where I think everyone should start. Moreover, that shock probably won't just be done, right? The shock will come in waves um, as you're not able to do certain things or as cabin fever sets in or whatever. So, so I would highly encourage folks just to be attentive to the shock of things. The second thing you need to do is actually go, do pay attention to your finances, particularly around your liquidity. Um, What that means is the cash you have to pay the bills. Um, The bills being payroll, being rent, being equipments, um, whatever it is, um, pay attention to your um, liquidity position. So how much money do you have in the bank and how much do you need to pay monthly? and how much are you sort of losing monthly? Again, some folks went from making maybe a 10% margin to losing a 10% margin. Well, how much money, how much cash do they have and how long can they go at losing 10%? Other folks might have gone from making a 10% margin to making a negative 90% margin, right? Um, And that's a really different position. So so do the math to figure out how long you can last um, with your current liquidity. The third thing is then actually to figure out how you can operate in the new world. Um, so six weeks from now, um, six months from now, the world is going to exist, but it's gonna be different than what it is today, and none of us actually know how it's gonna be different. But if you're watching, and if you're paying attention, and you're getting yourself ready, you might actually have a, um, an advantage. Um, in fact, just to, for a simple analogy, um, if there are you know four restaurants on a corner, and you are the restaurant who is most well-prepared to handle demand when you reopen, like you're actually gonna be at a huge competitive advantage relative to your peers. So just be ready for when it is safe um, to either reopen or exchange your product offerings or whatever it is that um, the new world is gonna need but maybe the, the old world didn't need. So just to repeat that, um, it's first, manage the a shock, second, plan for your cash flow, and then the third, figure out how you fit into the new world.
0: Yeah. So that's a, that's really helpful. Um, it's also a lot of work. <laughs> you know, I think that, um, a lot of us, particularly uh, entrepreneurs who are out there who are running small businesses who have to do their work, try to continue to keep the business afloat. Um, that in and of itself is a lot, but I, I agree that, um, we do need to be thinking about what happens on the other side of this and how to be prepared, and that could be a whole nother sort of shock to the system um, when then when that gets going again. And so um, that I think that is really helpful to be thinking about what what does life look like after this and and how can I prepare my business to be ready for the stay at home orders to be lifted or for, um, you know, for for things to start to get back to normal. Um, It seems like it will probably be a a little bit of a gradual process, but I do think that a lot of businesses are probably going to be slammed um, as well when, when, you know, the fog eventually lifts on this.
1: That's right. I mean, whenever we hit bottom and I am not, I do not have a crystal ball and I'm not making any predictions on that, but whenever we do hit bottom um, that next six to 12 months, Will be the best possible time to to grow your business to start your business. That's that's when the best possible business um, will happen. So so be prepared for that when it happens. Now again, when will that happen? It's difficult to know, um, and a lot of it actually depends on our friends in the medical community.
0: Yeah, and um, in terms of managing cash flow, I mean, is this the kind of thing where you've been talking to people about finding ways? I mean, assuming that you know we're you know, finding ways to kind of cut costs or, um, you know, figuring out how to, you know, maybe pivot or offer different things or new packages. I mean, it, it's kind of, it seems like there's a, there's a lot of work there to, to try to get to a place where you, you're you kind of making sure that you're covering um, your costs and, and, you know, people might be readjusting that the way that they're doing budgeting, you know, just to speak for myself, you know, I think I was already kind of following a cash flow model of budge, of budgeting but i had to kind of go back and look at a like a more granular level um of at my cash flow on like a weekly or even you know every two week basis of how much do i think is coming in versus how much is going out and and some people might not be used, used to that type of um budgeting um so it seems like it it does in some senses require people to kind of flip the way that they are doing budgeting. Does that sound right to you at
1: all? It, it does. I mean, this is, this is a, the recession moments are the rules of how you should run your business are different. Um, in, in, in sort of the regular times, which are, you know, usually like a mod, modest growth timeframes. Um, you know, you can, you know, just you're just kind of always moving forward. Um, You need to make more money than you spend, but maybe you're not thinking that hard about that. If it's, if it's past a certain level Um, and you can just sort of, and and you can operate in a normal way in a crisis moment, you have to think really hard about everything. Um, So there's usually everybody wants that first level of things that you kind of forgot about and you don't really use, right? Like maybe it's a gym membership or like a, um, a, some streaming service you don't use. And you can cut those. And those are obviously no brainers, um, but they're usually actually not as big as you would hope they would be. Um, then you need to think hard about your your sort of core uh, expenditures and what you can afford and what you don't need to afford. Um, and those decisions get particularly challenging when it comes to um, people. Um, and, you know, there's, there's employees that you have on your team and, and those are in one category, but there's also, you know, contractors or services and other businesses that um, – that depend on you and depend on small businesses um, and B2B small business engagements to continue. Um, I'm certainly one of those, and I know Alex, you're one of those as well. And so you just have to think really hard about what you truly need. Um, and then you need to to pair some of that back. Um, there's also moments in a crisis where you actually can say like, hey, that, that line of business or that product idea, it wasn't going very well, but I was gonna give it a couple more months. Let's just nix it. Let's just not do that product anymore or not do that idea anymore. Um, because right now is not the time to be doing something new like that. So, so there's a lot of different ways you can, you can think about your, um, your liquidity and and your expenses during this, uh, this challenging moment. Um. And the, the the government is very clearly saying they do not want people to be laid off, um, which brings us, I think, to the the Paycheck Protection
0: yeah. Program. People yeah, yeah. And offer. for a lot of businesses, you know, payroll is the biggest expense that they have, and and you know, and, and certainly is sort of a domino effect with with businesses not being able to, you know, generate the revenue. They're not able to keep people on, and that kind of um, is just sort of a vicious cycle. Um, so let let's talk a little bit about the the payroll. Protection or the Paycheck Protection Program. Can you explain a little bit about what the Paycheck Protection Program is?
1: Yes, um, the Paycheck Protection Program is um, a. Uh, it's part of the CARES Act that was passed about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks, two weeks ago on Friday. Um, so about March twenty seventh, I believe, is when it passed. Um, and what it does is it gives a loan to small businesses. But if you meet certain conditions, it, it, the loan is forgiven. In fact, I've taken to telling folks that it's actually not a loan. It's a grant with some conditions. Those conditions are you don't fire anyone or you don't lay off your staff and you don't reduce their um, their salary amount. And if you meet those conditions, they will pay this loan will pay your payroll for about eight weeks. Um, so it's a really generous uh, program. It's also... Um, one that is full of bugs right now and they're trying to work out all the things, but essentially the idea here is the, the, the government's trying to prevent mass layoffs and therefore transferring money directly to small businesses who can then keep people on the payroll for eight weeks. Um, and then, you know, if eight weeks from now we are able to, um, go back to the regular way of doing things, theoretically it would have bridged the, a very chaotic crisis.
0: Right. And so this is a federal program, but how, how do businesses access this money? Do, where, where do they go to apply for these loans?
1: That's right, so it's a, it's a federally guaranteed program, um, which is uh, incredibly, which gives it a lot of weight. Um, but the way it, it works is they actually decided to um, implement it through local and, and national banks, through the banking system. Um, and that's actually why it's, it's, it, the mechanics of it are a loan. Um, because today um, banks exist everywhere, banks have a relationship with small businesses and banks know how to loan money um, versus granting money a bank doesn't necessarily know how to do. And so they use, they're using the banking system to make it a, to do this mechanic of making it a loan. and then on the other eight weeks from now, um, there will be they'll be building out a new system that will then forgive that loan, which is why it's kind of a, a grant. Um, so what you need to do, there's a couple different ways to do it. Um, the first place I would do is check with your business checking um, account. Um, so if you you go go into the go whatever bank you have your business checking with, go there. They'll have a, a paycheck protection program link on their website and see where they are. Um, some banks are already accepting applications. Those tend to be smaller banks with a lot of good relationship managers. Some banks are really struggling to put this out and get this going, those tend to be larger banks. So your Wells Fargo, Bank of America, um, Chase, all those banks have, a, or have not been able to get their things going very well, bb um, and so And so, so I'd say just check out those things. Now I will, I'll just, uh, you know, everyone loves to hate on bankers, but I will be a little bit, uh, I will make an apology for bankers. Um, this program didn't exist a month ago This is a really complex thing. Um, It's not surprising that there are bugs in the rollout. That does not mean the program won't happen. Um, I would not expect the bugs to be resolved for another few weeks, though. I mean, this is a really complex program that's being rolled out really, really fast. Um, So once you have checked your your business checking account, if that doesn't work, then I would encourage you to go to a local bank that you know and see if they can do it or there are a couple um, online places that are trying to bridge the gap between the lenders and the consumers. So if you go to um, Lendio, that's L-E-N-D-I-O.com, they are putting something together, they're trying to make work. Another place is um, Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Cabbage is a a small business lender that is, uh, again, trying to connect people to the, dollars promised by the SBA. I will say today, which is April 8th. Um, I don't know of anyone personally, and I've talked to a lot of small business owners who has the money or has any confidence that they're going to get money in the short term. I have talked to a few who have said their, their, their um, application has been approved, but it's still not clear when they're going to get the money. And I've talked to a lot who have put in an application in some places or multiple places and have no idea where they stand. And I think that'll continue for the next few weeks. Does that answer your question, Alex?
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, w- just from my own experience and in looking into this, I think most most banks, I would say, are servicing their own customers first. So that is gonna be a challenge um, if your bank happens to be a bank that's either not servicing or hasn't put out as requirements yet. And I think part of the, the stress and the timeliness of all this is that there are, um, limits in the amount of money that's going to be lent out at least as of today. Um, and, and I know that it, and you can maybe speak to more of this, that there, there sounds like there might be some more money coming down the road. Um, if this money runs out, but I think the expectation is that this money will run out, um, and potentially very quickly. Is that correct? Is that your understanding?
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's a it's a weird thing, um, but yeah, they they put put aside three hundred and forty nine billion dollars, which almost the moment it was written um, was criticized for not being enough. Um, they then, as of you know, yesterday, April seventh, it seems like there's a move to add another two hundred and fifty billion um, into the program. Um, I, it feels to me like that might not even be enough, but it does. It is a signal by the government that if they if we're, the cap is reached. There will be tremendous political will to raise the cap, um, so there there won't be a, a cap. Um, that said, um, yeah, the first three hundred forty-nine million, and the first um, in the in as it was being dist- as it's being distributed, the word is that it's going to be first come first serve, which will create a kind of a crazy run on the funds, and that's why everyone needs to get their application in, and everyone needs to at least mentally re- deal with a world where they might not get that money. Right. And,
0: and, and as of today, the applications technically been open for five days, although a lot of banks weren't ready to accept applications. But the, I think the, the regulations were released that said, you know, April 3rd was the day that applications could get, you know, submitted.
1: That's right. And so, I mean, they created this crazy mad dash where, I mean, you might submit it, but maybe your bank wouldn't submit it on time. And, and that just doesn't Feel to me at least the way like the way it's gonna it's gonna end. Um, that said, the um, the theoretical limit here. I mean, we're talking about giving away free money. Um, in a sense, I don't even know if there is a, a demand level, right? I think that just keep people just keep wanting money until it stops being free. Um, the only ca- the only caveat in my mind is if there's a um, a limit at the total payroll for all businesses in the United States for eight weeks. Um, that are under 500 employees, which is a lot of money, right? I think uh, there is
0: there is a natural outer limit um, because the, you you can't claim for payroll expenses above 100 thousand dollars, I believe. So theoretically, um, it seems like there is probably a number, um, but it's really high. So I, I, I do think that um, you know th- this money is going to run out. That's right. That's right. So. I mean, do you have, um, any guidance for people who, you know, there, there are some people who are out there who, um, you know, have been op- operating for over a year, um, and have, you know, their payroll expenses. And, and, and I think a big question or this is, you know, what documents do we need? Um, but there are a lot of small businesses that do things a little bit differently, you know, that, that, you know, pay their owners in, in different ways. and. Um, are there any guides or resources out there for, for folks really like us who might have an employee or two, um, but are sort of in between being sort of a sole proprietor and an actual um, you know, 20-person company? Um, what, what, are you, what are your recommendations for, for those folks who are needing a little bit more um, customized guidance, I guess?
1: Yeah, um, so I'd say uh, the, the bill, both in intent and in the language of the bill, um, tries to be as expansive as possible in its definition of small businesses. Um, that means um, people who are self-employed, um, uh, sole proprietorships. Um, there's also a big thing on the SBA website that I just read this morning about um, uh, churches and places of faith and how those folks are, are you know, should can access these funds and will have no sort of you know federal conditions on what they believe or something um, placed on them. Um, it includes nonprofits um, and it includes what I think most of us think of as a small business, which is you know our, our neighborhood ice cream shop that ha- that employs like eight people, right? Um, so so it's the bill again, both in intent and in the words that are used um, in it, tries to be as expansive as possible in its definition. Um, That said, um, it does not, it was written very quickly, and it does not contemplate every employment scenario, nor does it contemplate every sort of thing that might or might not be payroll. My encouragement um, to everyone who feels like they're in an odd position would be to go ahead and fill out an application, use a sort of a plain English definition of payroll, right? What did I get paid if you got it paid in owner's draw or whatever, like just kind of say, well, what did I actually get paid? Um, for that period and try to use that um you can use the schedule c i think line 31 i believe is the number um but your schedule c um from 2019 if you if you really want a number that is already in your taxes you can use that number you can use that uh, form and and then just once the money comes assuming it does um just, just wait a little bit and wait for the interpretations to come out. I mean, every other day, there's a new document that comes from the Small Business Administration that clarifies things, and these are some of the questions that people are asking. Um, and so wait for that clarification to come out. The reality is, if in the end, your um, loan doesn't qualify as payroll, which I would think is pretty unlikely, but if it does, you then have a, a loan with a 1% interest rate, which is an incredibly cheap interest rate for an eight week loan. Um, For every $10,000 you borrow, you'll pay like $15 in interest, for example. Um, You can just go ahead and pay it back. So if you're super worried about it, I would say just take the money, when you get the loan, put it in an account, and wait to see if it's actually forgiven. And if eight weeks later it is forgiven, then use it. And if it's not, just pay it back. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I know that this is sort of like a kind of a evolving situation. So, um, you know, I think that people are going to have to continue monitoring this, but just wanted to kind of provide some basic information. Um, is this the type of thing that you are, you know, if, if someone follows you that they can get, get more information, are you continuing to put, put content out around around this? And and if so, how, how can people follow you and um, connect with you if they have more questions.
1: Yeah, I'll say for the next um, six to eight weeks, I've made it sort of my life mission to understand this program and translate it well for small business owners um, and to do that for free and to make that all that stuff public. And so um, I'm certainly, I'm all over everything. I'm reading the, the details of every document that comes out um and trying to make sense of it for for everyone who I know in the small business community um both in Richmond and, and more broadly. Um, you can follow that information um on my LinkedIn is probably the best place to, to find it. Um, okay so just for Steven Weir, um uh Weir Consulting on LinkedIn. Yeah, and I'll um, include that in the show notes too. So thank great. Thanks for that. Um, you can also go to um you can just email me and ask to be on my list. I'll put I'll put out an email about once a week kind of summarizes what happened that week um, with respect to um, the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, And then those those are really the two best areas. um, And really the LinkedIn feed is where the authoritative real-time updates are gonna be coming from.
0: Okay, great. Well, um, we'll certainly follow you there. And uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me about this. Appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the one last thing I'll, I'll add is, um, you know, this is a, this is a crisis. unlike anything we've ever seen. I know we all know that. Um, I think I, I'm really interested to talk about finances. Um, but the reality is I know there's a lot of really challenging things that are happening beyond finances. Um, so I just tell everybody who's listening, like, just take care of yourselves, um, take care of your family in five years, we'll look back at the back of this and and be like, this is crazy. Um, But, you know, in the next 12 months, like a lot of different things, a lot of different scenarios that can play out. Um, Let's just keep the ones close to us, close to us.
0: Yeah, man, I agree. Thanks again, appreciate
1: you. Thanks, Alex, bye, take care.